Today's daf is daf nun hey. We are beginning at the Mishnah at the top of nun hey Ahmed Allah Zog the Heilig Mishnah. I know you've been at Dagon. Person made a nether using expression Dagon. Dagon we know is grain. Halachically there's five significant grains wheat, barley, oats, spelt, and rye that get the bracha of Mizonos made into bread, get the bracha of Amotzi. However, we're dealing with the Loshan Nadarim. So what does a person mean when he says the Loshan of Dagon? So Asr Bakul HaMitzri Yavesh, Divra Meir. He's Asr even in the Egyptian bean, as long as it's in its dry form. This is the position of Rav Meir. Rav Meir holds that the word Dagon is, refers to anything that is when it's harvested, it is placed into piles. And when it's put into piles, either for storage, someone from like it's got to put into, into a granary, but when it's put into piles, and uh, the, uh, the, the Rajbo, others we learn over here as well, is they used to actually grain, ground the Egyptian uh, bean into, into, into flour and, and, and use it for baking. But nevertheless, suffice to say that according to Rav Meir, that the Loshan Dagan is expanded here and includes all things that are piled. Chachomim say, no, that even when a person speaks in the vernacular, he refers to Dagon as the standard five grains that we know that it makes a difference that becomes a motzi when they are made into bread and does not include the Egyptian bean even if it is dry. Okay? Now... Uh, let's say a person says minatvua. So here, the Rav Meir will agree to the Rachamim. If a person uses the lashon of tvua, that there is being specifically referring to that does refer specifically to the five minim. Unlike when he uses the expression of that's Asr Bechol, that Asr includes all things that are piled. However, what he does agree is that it, when it says Asr Bechol, it's not everything, it's everything that is piled, but it's Mutzah Bechol, Ilan of Yerek. But uh, fruit, uh, produce uh, from the fruit trees, and yerek is the different types of, of, of green vegetables, which when collected are not piled, so therefore they would not be included, according to Rav Meir, in the expression dogon. So Nochamol, just to summarize, the Rav Meir holds that if burdens neidem in a dogon, it's inclusive of all things that when harvested or when collected are piled. According to Rachavim, it's limited to the five main grains, the, 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 the five the minei dogon. But uh, Rabbi Meir says when you use tevua, that's when it refers to the five grains. But when you use the word dogon, it is expanded to all things that are piled, which he agrees does not include fruit and vegetables because they are not collected in piles. Okay. Says the Mara as follows, that looking at the Mishnah, that according to least according to the opinion of Rav Meir, the Dagan called the Midgon Mashma, the Dagan implies not just the five main species of Dagan, but anything that is piled. Is that the Shitas Rav Meir? That's what we said the Shat Rav Meir was. So the Masjid Rav Yaisir has a question. We find that this is a Posak in Divrei Yamim, that the, the, the Melech Hiskiyahu, 
who led this uh, major Baal Shuba movement throughout Eretz Yisrael, and he was a Melech Yehuda, and he saw that B'nai Yisrael were being lax in the mitzvah of Trumas and Maestres, so he basically passed an edict that everyone has to bring their produce to the Beis HaMikdash to be collected to, to give to the Kohanim and the Levian. And it was well embraced and everyone brought an abundance of their uh, produce. And we're going to see that even they expanded it to things that are not Chayav Minat Torah in Trumas and Meisters, but they included them as well. Now it says over there that when this decree became widespread, here B'nai Yisroel, B'nai Yisroel uh, brought in abundance Reish's Dagon, the first of their Dagon, their Tirosh, and their Yitzar. Now Dagon usually means grain, usually the five grains. Then Tirosh yeah, is their, their, their wine, product of the vine. And Yitzar is product of the olive groves, that's their, their oil. They brought that to the base of Migdash. And they brought all the produce of the field, Larov, in abundance. Now, the Gemara wants to know the following. Now, according to the Chachamim, it, the Posik makes sense. Because the first part of the Posik says, they brought Dagon. And then they expanded it to They brought even more than the than the, than the required dagon, but they brought it to all the tours, all the produce of the field. They expanded to, but according to Rav Meir, who says that the word dagon already is expanded to all things that are piled, what is being added by the second half of the pasuk when it says that they also brought bechol tvoas hasode here laroi? What is being expanded by the second part of the pasuk? The chorah that expansion is already included in the word dagon according to the shita of Rav Meir. Now e my dagon called the midgan mashma. If you hold like Rav Meir, that dagon means all things that are piled. So my, what is meant? Now the girsa over here, the, uh, the, 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 the girsa over here is a, is difficult. But what is meant from the words, kifroitza dabar hirbu, that's not the question. The question is not from those words. The question is from becholtvus asodel arayv is the question. So therefore if you have that as the girsa, then you have to have a vechulu. You have to have a, a chulu, like etc. means we're not asking from that part of the pasuk, but we're asking from the chulu, from the rest of the pasuk, when it says, and they also brought chol towards asada. Some actually change the girsa, and they have the girsa, is it actually says the words, v'chol towards asada. So my, my v'chol towards asada. What's being added by chol towards asada? On that, Amar Abaya, li'ituye peros ha'ilan v'yerek. What was added by the Choltzvus Asada is to include fruits and vegetables. Because even Rav Meir agreed, even though Dagon is expanded to all things that are piled, the word Dagon did not include in it fruits and vegetables. What they included in the Bechai themselves and things that aren't Minatayra, Minatayra it's only the five grains, wine and oil, they included, and they, and they, they included the first part of the Pasuk, they included also all things that are piled. As well as the last part of Pasuk, they came to include other things that are not included in the which were fruits and vegetables which were not included. That's how you read the Pasuk. Now there's two 
Very strong problems that have to be addressed over here. The Ron deals with it as well. Number one, we've gone, we've learned the last 15, 20 blot is that there's really not a problem if the usage of a word in the Torah is not in consistence with the ruling of what it means in terms of a nether. Because by nether we follow the vernacular by the way people speak, whereas the Torah might have a different definition of that particular. So why are we asking a stira from Rav Meir, what he understands the Mishnah, what Dagon means, which is the way people speak in Adarim, from the way Dagon is being used in the Torah and the Chaira, in the Torah Dagon usually does mean Tiraj Yitzhar and Dagan usually does mean only the five grains. So why is that Akasha? That's the Tyra's usage of it. That's not necessarily the, the, the Lashem B'nai Adam that's used. So the Ran says something very interesting, and the other Rishonim deal with it as well. They say is either this particular passage in Divra Hayomim or the entire Divra Hayomim is written the Lashem B'nai Adam. Is that unlike the other 23 books of Tanakh, which generally follow Lashen HaKodesh or Lashen HaTayra. But here, this is written from the, in, in the, in the Lashen Bnei Adam. Since it's in the Lashen Bnei Adam, then you can ask the steer of how the word Dagon is being used. But the second question, which is also a very difficult question, but the Gemara itself is going to answer in a couple of minutes. The next question is, one second, you have a big problem here. Because in our Mishnah, we said that Dagon, according to Rav is more restrictive. But Tuas Hasadeh, we said, was, uh, I'm, sorry, was, I'm sorry, was more expanded. Tvua, we said that everyone agrees, is only the five. So Lechaira, how does that, that, that for sure is a problem from the Pasuk. Because the Pasuk says they brought Dagon, and then they also added Tvuas Hasadeh. Now if Tvua, what are you adding by Tvua if Tvua only records the five? So how do you, first of all, according to Rameir, learn that Tvua is the fruits and vegetables? First of all, Tvua is only the five. Even according to Rameir, it was only the five. So how is that being marbed Tvua? But this is Akashi, even in the Mishnah, even according to Chachamim, it doesn't make sense. How, do you, how are you going to read the Pasuk? Is that Lechora, if Dagon means only the five, and then what's Tvua adding to the Pasuk? So that the Gemara is going to have to deal with. How could be Tvua Sasada being expanding on, even according to Rachamim, the Rachamim say, oh, everyone said that Tvua is only the five. Oh, said Dagon, and then it says Tvua, five, and we already said the five, so what do you have to mention it again? Tvua, right? That's the Gemara that's the is going to have to deal with. So let's see this inside. So says the Gemara, um, we said like this is that uh, Rav Meir said that that's right? So that's what we understood our Mishnah is that there's no argument if you use the word Tvua. Tvua means the five grains wheat, barley, uh, oats, belt, and rye. That's what the that's what Tvua lechera means. And we have a bride that supports of Yechonon's understanding that when Rameir said in the Mishnah that he means, I'm not arguing with the Chachomim in that position that we both agree that Tvua means the five. The bride says, but Feirish, Shavin Benoidim in Atvua, Shein Oyser El Mehan Minim. So Mora says, Bachayra Pshita means Mora says, that's Pashit, meaning why do we need the bride to be saying this? Bachayra, it seems to be Pashit that Tvua is the Hey Minim. You might think that Tvua actually means everything. Now, the Ran expands on this because the word Tvua is the Hebrew word. The Aramaic, the Targum, 
is alisa. Alisa means things that give income. Things that give income. The word tfuah actually is also a, a bar to make things that come. Right? Means the things that generate person for income. So you might think since the word tfuah, which in the Aramaic means uh, income, maybe the word tfuah should be expanded to all things that can generate income, and there should be more than just the five grains, alright? Kamash Mila, the Mili, said does not include all five, it's only those five specifically. Now, Rabbi Yosef asks from the Pasuk that we just had in Divra Hayomin, L'chayra Hakun, you tell me tfuah only means the five, then what's shot in the Pasuk? Because the Pasuk says they brought Dagan Tirash V'yitzar, and then they added well, Tuasasada is only the five, then what's being added? They already said they brought Dagan. So this Kasha, both for a man and the Chachamim, right? The Ram Taka learns, I'll tell you something, he learns that that was really going back and asking a Kasha on the earlier Gemara. So Masiv Rabbi Yosef, I, then we learn in a Bryce, it says, Kifreitz HaDavar, in Pazit Zentibay Yomim, here, Bumenei Yisroh, and then says, uh, and it says over there, that they first bought Dagon, as well as they bought Tvuah Sasodah, Amarava, Rava says, one second, Tvuah stand alone, only the first of the five grains. When it says Tvuah Sasodah, that's the yield, that means the yield of the land, the yield of the field. The yield of the fields is much broader than just the five. So that answers up. How can you learn that Tvuah Sasodah is adding onto Dagon because it doesn't just say Tvuah on its own. When you find the word Tvuah being used, when you want to find Tvuah on its own being used, that's only the five grains. Tvuah Sasodah, that expands it up to a, the, the yield of, from, from uh, uh, that, 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 the, that the produce and then that, that yield that, that's more than just the five grains. All right. What it brings down, Bar Mar Shmuel, that <coughs> son of, of, of Shmuel, Pakid, he gave his last will and testament, he gave it put in his, in his, in his, uh, Tzavah, to Lisnunan Plesa Alfezuz, Lerova, Min Alalta Dinar Panya. He said that he wanted 12,000 Zuz should be given to Rova, from Alalta, right, of Nar Panya. From some type, we're going to have to define what the assets of Alalta refers to, but from the Alalta of assets that he had in the region called Nar Pokwit, by the river Pokwit. That was land that Shmuel, uh, that Bar- Amar Shmuel owned. Uh, what's that? Panya. Ma- I'm sorry, Panya. The, Mar- the Nar Panya. Not Par- Nar Panya. Nar Panya. That's what he wanted given to him. So now, there was a question, what did he refer to in terms of Alalta? Now we said Alalta is the Aramaic translation for the word Tavua. So the Chayra, the question was, maybe he only wanted them to uh, give income from his lands that have the five grains. But what about other forms of income from properties that he yes, owned there? That's what he wanted to know. But there was no Sada written there, right? So what it says like this. So Rabbi sent to Rabbi Yosef. Again, Rabbi and Abayi with Talmidim of Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef. He sent really to his Rebbe, Alalta Hechemikaria. How do we define Alalta? Right? It's not Selina. Of how easy or difficult it's going to be for me to extract my 12,000 Zuz for this Yerusha. So Amr Yosef Mat Nisenhi. He says, Lechera, you can bring a raya from our Mishnah. Because what state now Mishnah? The Shavin, that both Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim agree 
that when you use the word tvua, stand alone, what does it only refer to? Okay. The five ninyeg dogon. And therefore, since alalte is a taich in Aramaic for the word tvua, so the chayra, you should be restricted to the five ninyeg dogon. So therefore, so matizan, if shavim benoidem in a tvua, shein osir el mechamejus aminim. So Amalei Abayas, Abayah, who was another Talmud of Rabbi Yosef, and after Rabbi Yosef got sick, he correct his Rebbe, or question his Rebbe. So it says over there, Abayah said to Rabbi Yosef, he says, Me dami, the most you can bring me a raya from the brisa is that when you use the Hebrew word, the Lashon HaKodesh word, that means the five men, and that state the Ferish and the brisa. But when you use the Aramaic translation, sometimes you don't have perfect translations for the Hebrew word. And therefore, alauta just means income. And therefore, alauta just means income. It's something that, yeah. something that, so therefore it means more general. And therefore, since the tava'a, since the will was written using the word alauta, you should not be restricted only from an income that comes from the five grains. So call me limash, but could mean other forms of income. So we see that it uh, doesn't say that our uh, Rabbi Yosef disagreed with his Talmud Abayah. So that became the acceptable teretz. His alauta is broader than just the word tavua, and you can have other forms of income. So Hadrulakamedurov, they brought the response that uh, Abayah, together with Rabbi Yosef, had sent Rava. So uh, Rava said, "One second, I'm a haloy kami boyoli." I didn't need that, Teretz. I mean, I understood Lechatchila. The word Alauta is not the same as the word Tavua. And it's broader to include other forms of income. That wasn't my Shiloh. Right? I didn't have that as a Shiloh. Meaning... Why was he sending you? He basically, he gave the response to them was that even though tvua means ala, uh, uh, is translated as alalta, you're not restricted to tvua. You can use other forms of income. So he responded, he said, "That wasn't my problem. When I asked you, can I, I mean, can I expand alalta? That wasn't my question. What was my question? My question is, I said they're like this. He says, call me Lee Mashma." This is what I had a Shiloh. What about using rental properties? Or the, 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 the rental money that came from, the guy, the, I guess the guy had ships that he would rent out. Can I collect the 12,000 zoos from the rent of the housing and from the rent of the boats. Now, why? Why would you think not? It's income. What's the nafkamina? The nafkamina is like this, is that by housing and boats, very sophisticated, there is depreciation. The asset actually depreciates. Maybe the word alauta, which is mashma, something that is appreciated, it's in a, you're benefiting from an appreciated asset, you're getting benefit from something, maybe it's dafka, specifically well, those assets that do not depreciate, which would exclude being able to take from housing and from ships. It means, yes, all income, but the word alauta itself, dafka means income from things that appreciate, not from things that depreciate, and therefore I'm not able to use the rental property or the, 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 the money or the, re, or, or, this, or the boat money to collect my 12,000. That was the Shiloh. It's a much more sophisticated Shiloh. I know you can say the word alauta is broader to all forms of income, but is it taka all forms of income or is it only non-depreciating forms of assets? That was the Shiloh. 
So he said like this. So he said, how do we buy a lien? Schar batim is schar sfino is mine. Mi amrin on kevin de pachson, since they depreciate, when pachos, since they become worthless, they become depreciate, love alaltahi. He doesn't fall under the category of the term alalta. Aidioma kevin de la yoda pchisayu, or maybe not. Maybe since the truth of the matter, from one year to the next, you cannot really discern the depreciation. So therefore, it's true that you're one and you're 30, you'll be able to tell the depreciation. But since from one year to the next, it's not really a discernible depreciation. Maybe it still falls under the category of Alta. It means that we know that today, depreciation on, an, on, on, on property is almost like it's an accounting yeah. Fiction. It's not really, but you know, it's something that we have, because they know from one to day one to day 30, there'll be significant depreciation. But, but there is and a that number that, what's that? Even today, people, they do something called cost segregation, where they take the entire depreciation first year. Why? Just so that they can take right. it as tax, yeah. as tax yeah. basis. Right. But anyway, that's the point. Right. But it's not, it's, 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 it's a legal fiction to a certain extent. It's not really an actual practice. Right. You can't really see the difference. And therefore, maybe it still fits under the name of Allah. That's a very sophisticated Shiloh that he's, that he's asking over here. And therefore, Allah, uh, so therefore, like as came to the since we don't see discernibly from one year to the next, the depreciation, so alaltahi, it's still considered to be alalta, a pure income-based uh, uh, asset. So Amru Rabbanan came to Rabbi Yosef, the Rabbanan went back and told Rabbi Yosef the response of Rava. Now, they also told him, I don't need that answer, means he felt there was a shtickle chutzpahdik. He's the Talmud, Rava's the Talmud. He, like, he said, I don't need Rava Yosef to tell me that alalta is broader than Tvua. That, that I understood. What I was asking is a more sophisticated Shiloh. So when they told that to Rabbi Yosef, so, uh, so Rabbi Yosef's response was somewhat cynical. Since he doesn't need us for our response, so what he sent us something altogether with. You think you know better than what he even asking us, right? And Ikbid and Rabbi Yosef, and Rabbi Yosef got angry, but upset. So Shama Rabbi, so Rabbi heard, that Rabbi Yosef was upset at him. So, he came before him on Erev Yom Kippur. The, the Mr. Burr brings down over here, I think it's from the Grom. It's from the Grom. He brings down that this is one of the Koyros that you, that Yom Kippur does not mechaper on Ben Adam Lechaveiroi, and therefore you need to go get Mechila, Erev Yom Kippur, for something you've done to another person. Because we see Rabbi went to Rabbi Yosef, we're going to see, to ask Mechila. Alright? So now, we know Rabbi Yosef was blind. And Rabbi Yosef was, was, he had people preparing his drink, his food for him. He couldn't see. So what happened was, when Rabbi came to Rabbi Yosef, I think we had this in Erevin. This morning was this morning in Erevin. You in Dalit. We had this morning before. Hopefully it does ring a bell. It says, He found that the Shamish, that the attendant of Rabbi Yosef was ready to make his, 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 his cup of wine. Now, back in the day, the wine was very strong, and they had to dilute it. Now, different people had different ways of like, diluting it. So he diluted it. So he said, you know what? He said, Amalei Havlan Temazik Li Ano. He says, I know Rabbi Yosef likes the way I dilute the wine. Let me dilute it from now. Rabbi Yosef at this point does not know that Rava's there, because Rava was blind. Yes, uh, I mean, and Rabbi Yosef was blind. So Havlei... 
Vekamazik. Uh, so the attendant gave it to Rava, and Rava diluted and mixed it. Vekamazik so, ihu. Uh, Kaz dechamer the cup of wine. Kishakashasi. When Rabbi Yosef drank this, Ama hadei nizga dami lemizga de Rava bereid Rabbi Yosef barchama. He says this. I taste a shinui. This is not the normal mixing of my attendant. This is the way Rava actually in the Sefer Shabbos I believe has a, has a big machlekas. How much is considered the shear of dilute, diluting? Is I can tell that this has been diluted the way Rava would normally dilute. It's interesting when, when a person becomes blind, when you lose one of your senses, so other senses become heightened. So Melo, through his taste, he could tell that this is really, this is the way Rava would mix. So Amale, Ahu, Nihu. So Rava answered, yes, that is, it is he. Meaning, I'm here, I'm here, and I'm here to ask Mechila, because I got set you, it wasn't my intent. So now, so, uh, we're gonna see, Rabbi Yosef teaches him a drosha, teaches him a pshat and a pasuk, but the, it's, it's a thinly veiled, uh, uh, musr that you shouldn't be so, such a balgaiva, you know, you have to have a little bit more anivas. That's, that's what he's gonna be teaching him to say, fine, I'm, I'm gonna be moichel, but you have to work on your midas, alright? What would he say? I'm a lay, lay taste of don't sit back on your feet, I mean, stay standing, ada amart leap erushta haden milsa, until you're able to teach me what shot in this posuk. My dechsiv, the posuk says like this, we have a posuk that's in Sefer Bamidbar, right? It talks about the trips that B'nai Yisrael went from one place in the middle to another place to another place and even though in reality when it records in Barzimatas we don't see that they went to some of these places so Chazal understand that these are, are here and recorded for, for a limud not just a geographical description of where they went because some places even the names are not even familiar but it's supposed to be a message in the journey. Now what's the message that's being taught? So what does it say? They went from Midbar, from the desert, to Matana, from Matana they went to Nachliel, from Nachliel they went to Bamois. What exactly is going on here? So Amale, so I, I, it sounds like Rubber knew the pshat, but he, want, he wanted Rubber, Rabbi Yaisa wanted Rubber to say what the pshat in the Pasuk was. And he knew so, he wasn't going to know. What's that? He kind of knew that he wasn't going to know. He knew that he was going to know because he wanted to say that that's the way he was slipping into him what the problem with what happened with the story. So he said, If a person makes himself like a wasteland, like a desert, which means a person has, has anibus. A person is what? An, anibus, anibus, anibus. A person is like open, like accessible to everybody, that he has no heirs about him, that he's an anav. So, mufkad lechol, uh, so, and he's mufkad lechol, that means mufkad, that, that, that just as a desert, anybody can come. You can't tell him, don't go there, don't go there. That means he has no heirs, bechlal. Torah nitna loy b'matona. Hashem sees that a person is an anav, then a person gifts him the gift of Torah. He gets an ability to be, to, to, to learn Torah. Shenev Midbar, because from the Midbar they went to Matana. That's the first, from Midbar to Matana. You act like a Midbar, you get tired of a Matana. Sounds like Rob is the right. one who's singing. Right? Kemet Shnitla Matana. Now, when the person has been given Tayyab Matana, and you study and you invest in it, Nachla Kel, HaKadosh Baruch gives it to him as a Yerusha. It becomes yours, you, it becomes your assets. The Torah, the, 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 when you put your, your gear into it, it becomes your Torah. 
right? Shenem matana that goes nachliel, nachliel is because the nachla of kel, it's gifted as the, as the nachla from Hashem. Kevin shenachla when a nachla kel when Hashem is bequeathed it to this person, oyla legdula that allows him to grow and go, go up to great heights. Shenem nachliel they went to bamos. Bamos means on heights. So they, they, they from nachliel they go to bamos. But im higbia the person then becomes arrogant because he's been taken to great heights, great heights through the Torah. Hakadosh Baruch Hu ma'ashpiloi, then Hakadosh Baruch Hu will lower him. Hakadosh Baruch Hu will make him sink. Shenemay bamos hagai, that from the bamos they went to the valley. Hagai, they went down to the valley. And not only that, it's not just you get lowered, but your mamas become embedded, you become buried in the, in the dirt. They gazed out onto the face of Yeshimun. The, the, the Rashash explains over here that the, in, in the pay and the ayin are interchangeable, the two letters next to each other, pay and ayin, so it's nishka off. From a lotion of Nishka'ah, you'll become embedded. HaKadosh Baruch will embed you in the dirt. But that's not, you don't have to give up hope. Because in Chazer, by a person does tshuva, then HaKadosh Baruch will magbiyah, then a person then will be raised again. Shenemar kol ge that the valley will be uplifted. Now that posse kol ge actually is not in Bamidbar. That's a posse that is in, where is that posse? That is a posuk that's in Yeshaya. But the point is, since it talks about uh, the gay, a valley being a gay, and, and so you get lower to the valley, you get elevated, you know, so you'll be elevated if you do tshuva right. Okay. Okay. That was the message that Rabbi Yosef wanted Robert to take Erev Yom Kippur. Fine. Tanya, we learned in Ebrisa, Hanoidim in Adagon. The person made a nether from the from Dagon from from grain. Also Abapula Mitzri, Yoves. Included in it is the dry Egyptian bean, but Mutabalach, but he's allowed to partake in the moist before it dries out. And the moist, because the dry is the one that is piled, the moist is not piled, it's that's eaten with the in with a, with its pod. Now this obviously is the shita of Rav Meir of our Mishnah, because remember the Chachamim held it's only the five grains, but he also expands to all things that are piled. Umutar ba'ayres, but he is allowed to consume ayres. Classically, most Rishonim learn ayres, and we even use it today as rice. Rashi in Nesechus Brachos learns it as millet. But we learn ayres means rice. But he's allowed to have ayres. Ayres is not collected in piles. Since it's not collected in piles, the Dagan does not include it. Even though the Gabe Brocha, we make a Mazonas, we just don't make a Motsi when it's made, and we also don't make an Alamichya. Alright. Now, the Chilka, the Targis, Uvetisni is interesting. The Ran learns that these are the kernels of wheat, but the kernels of wheat that are made into grits, they're either bro- broken into halves into thirds or into quarters. Now when they break them that way to use as eating like grits, they would not pile them. So even though it's a, it's wheat, but since it's being utilized in a form that it's not gets piled, now there is a machloka that we've shown him over here, does it have to be 
broken before you made the nether? Or, because if you broke before the nether, the nether is not chal on it. Or is it uh, even, even if the nether was chal before you broke it, but once you show that you're breaking it, that was not your intent to use it that way, then the nether is not chal on it as well. That's a discussion in the Rishon. Now, let's keep going. You said payros of the year. Means things that have been produced pre of that year. You're also in all payros hashana. We're going to see. That means like all fruits and vegetables, all things that we call payros. They're payros the arets, payros the adama. But also inclusive, the Ram points out, of kameyan and pitrios, which are truffles and truffles and mushrooms. That truffles and mushrooms, truffles are this very expensive thing. I read a documentary on it. They use yeah. pigs to sniff them out. Dogs. What's that? Dogs. Dogs and pigs. But it's a very, they, I don't think it's the same thing. It's the same thing they put in chocolates. I'm not sure it's the same. They call it that way. But it's a very expensive spice. They sell it by the flakes. It's like very, but anyway, so that grows. We're going to see that it doesn't actually grow directly as a byproduct of the ground, but nevertheless, it's called peros, it's peros of the Shona, and you said peros of Shona, that includes in it called peros, but mutter, the Gideon, by baby goats, Taloyim, baby sheep, chalav, milk, baits and eggs, goizolois, uh, baby chicks, those things are not called pi, pri, they're not called peros. So not, they're not peros hashana. So therefore, even though they're offspring, or, but they're not, or they're byproducts of a mother, but it's not called peros. When a person says peros hashana, he's referring to the inanimate items or even things that are, that are not like milk or eggs, but it's referring to dafka, fruits, vegetables, things of that nature. The im amar gidule shana, other, if he used the expression, not peros, Things that grow during the year. So things that grow during the year, things that are developed and grown through the year, and that includes even the baby animals, the milk, the eggs, because those are things that develop and grow during the year, and therefore they would be included in his nether. Okay? Vaitre. Hanoider min peiros ha'oretz. So this person, before we had Peros Hashona, this person said Peros Ha'oretz, things that Lachora are pre of the land. Also Bechol Peros Ha'oretz, he is also in all the Peros Ha'oretz, which could be both fruit and vegetables, but he's Mutter Bechameyam Apitrios, but he is Mutter to have Kameyam and Pitrios, which are truffles and mushrooms. And we're going to see, because the primary source of nutrition of truffles and uh, mushrooms, even though they do grow on the land, but they nurture through the air. Since they nurture through the air, the moisture of the air, they're not called peros ha'aretz. Alright? It's not peros ha'aretz. We're going to discuss this a little more in depth. But im amar gidule karka alai, but if he said those things, v'chara gidule karka, is mashma, those things that grow on the ground, right? So then, Asr Bechulam, that will include even Kameyam and Petrios, truffles, and, um, and mushrooms. Now, the Gemara has the following question. The Gemara has asked a question from Masechus Brochus. In Masechus Brochus, 
sixth parak in Masechus Brochus, we learned what things you make a Barapriya Ace, Barapriya Doma, and a Shahakol. When do you make a Shahakol and you don't say the pre of the Oretz, the pre of the Adoma? So what did it say over there? It says, Al Dabar She'en Gidula Mina Oretz. If something is not called Gidule HaOretz, that it grows Mina Oretz, so then Omer Shahakol Nyabidvoroi. Now what, that's the Mishnah. Now what's the price to expand on it? What is considered to be the Gidule HaOretz, right? So, what is it excluding? Ala melach on salt, ala zomis on salt water, al kameyan of pitrios on truffles and mushrooms. Omer shahakul niabidvaroi, they're not considered to be gedulei min ha'aretz, right? Now, what the Gemara's kasha is, is that we just learned before that if a person said, peyros then it does in, from the Lashon of Nadorim Gidule Karka does include Kameyam uh, and Petros they are considered Gidule Karka the one who wants to know what's the difference whether you say Gidule Karka or when you say Peros Ha'aretz Ha'aretz we're asking from Brochus Brochus we're saying since they're not Peros Ha'aretz but we said for Nadorim they considered Gidule Karka. So why are they considered Gidule Karka for Nadorim, but they're not considered to be Peiros Oretz for the Lashon for Masechus Brochus? That's the Gemara's question. Right? So Gemara says, like as Amra Baya, Mir Barabu Me'ara. He says that they actually, they develop on the land. They consider Gidule Min Ha'aretz, I'm sorry, they consider Gidule Karka, because they do grow on the ground. The Ron learned they might even get some nutri- uh, nutrition from the ground, but Meinek Yanki, but their primary source of nurturing and development comes from the air. So that's why, uh, that's why Veloma Ara, not from the ground. And therefore there's a distinction. So those things that grow on the ground, yes, they grow on the ground. Right? But those things that we said that in order to make a bore pre, to make a, 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 a briadama, briadama, it has to be that it nurtures from the ground. But the Gemara says, the Gemara says that we call the it, it doesn't grow from the ground. Mushrooms and, uh, and, 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 and truffles, they do grow from the ground. They grow out of the ground. Right? Right. They, but they, right. So therefore, why are you telling me it's shahakal? Because they don't grow from the ground. They do grow from the ground. So more so, tzni al davish ein yonek min aretz. You're right. The right gears in the set of brachos should not be that on mushrooms and 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 and, and, and truffles we don't make a barupriya dhamma because they don't grow from the ground. They do grow from the ground. But they don't get nurture, nourishment from the ground. So therefore the right Kirsa is that on Kameya Fitrios we make a Shahako because She'enan, She'en Yonek Mina Oretz. Because it doesn't nurture from the ground. Not that it doesn't grow from the ground. It does grow from the ground. That's what the Lashon Adarim, when you say Gedule Karka, it is included in it. But in terms of the Brochot, it has to be things that get the Adarim. That becomes a very interesting issue from hydroponics. I know that, that uh, what's his name told me, uh, Abrami Bak, that he had, he wanted to use Moron, 
Mm. He wanted to use for moror, he grows in his kitchen, he has yeah, this, you have yosa, there's certain spices, where did they grow? And, uh, he asked the Shaila, and they said you have to be able to make a bara doma on the hydroponics, and since it's not, uh, mina, from the ground, Right? That's, that's actually some learn that from, from Shemitah, one of the ways they can bypass some of the problems of Shemitah is they grow things in hothouses from, for hydroponics and it's not considered to be a problem of Shemitah. Change your like that? So you, according to, again, I, I'm not passing the Allah, but he you, told you me... You nutrients. Nutrients are probably the same nutrients that are mimicked in... For Shemitah. But is it Gedula Mina Karka? Right. That's the Shaila. So therefore he was told not to use it for moror, because you have to make a Bara Doma and you can't make a Bara Doma on it, which is an interesting, interesting time. Alright, let's go to the next Mishnah. Hanoida Minaksus. Of course, made a nether Minaksus. Ksus is clothing, alright? Now, clothing is something that fits the, the form of the person. So, Mutter Besak. He's allowed to use sackcloth. Sackcloth, although it might protect the person from the elements, wasn't viewed as clothing. We don't wear like right. What's that? Good morning. No, not only that. We're going to see, even though shepherds wear it from rain, it's uh, like it's like a tarp uh, or whatever it is, but it's not considered yeah. to be un- included in a nether when it says, it says the word ksus. Urea is sheets. Chamila is also some kind of thick goat hair uh, uh, blanket, or but it's not called ksus. Therefore, it's not also for ksus. Amar koinem tzemer oilalai. The person said, I made a nether not to have wool come upon me. Alright? Chachamim say, Tanakhama says, when a person says that, he doesn't mean the raw product of wool. What he really means is a garment made out of wool. So mutalis kasos begizet tzemer. He's allowed with the bundles of wool, meaning the wool, when they shear it, they put it into stacks or bundles. He's allowed to carry that. Because right. we don't say that that's what he was answering himself. It's not the finished product. It's not the garment made out of wool. Similarly, pishtan. Pishtan is flax. That the byproduct of it is, is uh, the, uh, the finished product of it, not the byproduct, is linen. So when a person says, I'm making a netter from pishtan, we understand that what he's saying is, I'm not going to wear linen garments. But, so they're pishtan. But bundles of flax, he's allowed to carry. He's allowed to put that on, but he's not allowed to wear linen garments. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, what he's arguing or explaining, but Rabbi Yehuda is saying is, that it really depends on the situation. You have to look at, when did the person make the nether? He says, all depends on the situation that the person who made the nether made it in. Because let's say the guy was a schlepper. Alright? And he has to be schlepping these big bundles of, of, of wool, or big bundles of, of, that's his job. The hizia of a hayarecha kosher, and he's schwitzing, and he's got a, a bad body odor because of having to schlep these bundles, and that guy says, Amar Kainem Temra Vishnina, Ayla Allah, he said, I'm, I make a nether not to, uh, carry bundles or, uh, of, of, of wool. I'm not sorry, I'm not to, not to carry, I'm not gonna have wool come upon me or, or a flax come upon me. That guy, Badafka, we say, doesn't mean clothing. He's making a nether based on his situation. Obviously, what does that guy refer to? The raw material. material. Mutter discusses, he's actually allowed to wear woolen clothing and linen garments. But also, but he's not allowed to carry on his back. What he's not allowed to do, he made a net, he's not going to carry on himself the raw material. That is what he's asking. So Rabbi Yehuda says, is that it might be that usually it refers to clothing, but the situation can tell us that he's not referring to clothing, he's referring to 
the raw material. Let's go weiter. Tanu learned the price and noidim in aksus. Someone made a nether not to use garments. Mutter besak, like our Mishnah said, you're allowed to put on yourself sackcloth. Yuria, you're, you're allowed to put on blankets. Chamila, you're allowed to put on, uh, these, uh, this thick, thick, uh, garments made out of, you're sheets actually. Chamila, blankets made out of goat hair. For Osir, but he's not allowed to wear Punda Upaskayo. Punda Upaskayo are two types of belts. One is like a hollow belt that they used to like store money in and things like that. Paskayo is like a wide belt, but those were considered clothing or garments. So that is included in the nether. When you say Ksus, you do include your belt. Skurtia, we're going to see, Skurtia means, uh, I think like a leather shirt. I believe that's the, they translated it as a leather shirt. Katablia is like a leather coat. That on pal- What's that? But either way, that is in ksus. That is called ksus. That is called garments. Anpalia are light leather shoes. Uplinia refers to some type of leather undergarment. It was one of like a, like, a, like a skirt that was done for modesty, but it's like undergarment, but it is called ksus. It is called clothing. So even though the, these are made out of leather, but they are called ksus. Or mechasayim and pants are included and kova and a hat is included as well. Now, one of the things we said was iskartia. So what is iskarti? Iskorti. What is iskorti? What is, we said sukortia, but it's iskorti is the same way, same thing. So amrabarachana kituna detzala. It's a leather shirt. That's what it refers to. Tanya, we learned in a brisa. Now this brisa is referencing halachas on Shabbos. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to carry, right? right. So, but you are allowed to wear clothing. So this brisa deals with What's considered things that you're wearing and what's considered what you're carrying? Now we're going to see it doesn't fall exactly along the lines of in the terms of a nether, because nether follows Lashem Bnei Adam. So when a person says Ksus, he means something, it doesn't mean something else, whereas what's considered wearing Lagabe Shabbos doesn't necessarily follow the same lines as what is considered wearing Lagabe Nether. So Tanya learned in a Brisa. Yoitzin besak ava. You're allowed to go out with thick sackcloth or with segus. And you're allowed to go out with segus. Segus is also some kind of thick uh, sack. Alright? It's even more thick than a urea, the Mephorish says over here. It's also something made out of goat hair. Segus ava. Ube urea. You're allowed to wear, go out with sheets. Ube chamilo. And you're allowed to go out with blankets. Because all these things are used to wrap yourself in, to protect yourself from rain. Which means that they're not viewed as carrying, they are being viewed as worn. So even though the Gabbana Dorim, we didn't say that's what you call Ksus, but the Gabbana Shabbos, even if it's not raining, the Ron learns, even if not, since people do wear them, the Gabbana, when it does rain, you're also allowed to wear them when it's not raining. Alright? However, guy wants to go out with a box on his head, right? It's raining. I just go to the It's raining, so he wants to put a box on his head to protect himself from uh, from the below the kupa. So not with a chest, below the maxellus, and not with a basket. Even if it is raining, because the bottom line is, even if you do it when it's raining, no one views that as. I'm wearing it, Lagabe protection. That's clearly, you're putting a box on your head. That's considered carrying. That's not considered wearing. Now, Haro and Yotzim Besakin, with that, on Shabbos, 
uh, shepherds can go out wearing their sackcloth. It's really not only the shepherds could do it, Amru. Not only the Lord Shorim Bilbad Amru, Ella Kol Adam. Anyone's allowed to go out on Shabbos wearing sackcloth. Ella Shadibrochacham Bahova. The reason they said it in terms of shepherds, because shepherds were the ones who would go out and have to bear the elements watching their sheep. So they were the ones who normally wore these thick sackcloths. But anybody can do it because it is viewed as wearing and not carrying. Last stickle. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer Rabbi Yehuda said the Tanakama did not make a distinction. So whether or not it seems like it's a machlokes, but the Tanakama said if you say wool, it means not the wool garments. You say flax, it means linen garments. It does not mean the raw material. And Rabbi Yehuda said in our mission, it depends. Because if a guy has been schlepping the raw material all day and he makes the nether, you can be assured that what he's really answering for himself is not the garment, but it is the raw material. Now we have a brisa. Under what circumstance explains, elaborates the Braisa? Did Rabbi Yehuda say it all follows the Neider? If he's wearing wool, and it was restricting him, means he's irritated by the woolen garments that he's wearing, right? And he made a nether that I, I'm not going to wear, uh, have Tzemer come upon me. So also Lilbosh, clearly he's answering clothing because he's bothered, he's irritated by the wool that he's wearing. And he's allowed to carry the raw product. But on the other hand, like our Mishnah said, and I made him sweat, that I make a nether not to have flax on me, he's allowed to wear, but it's also but he's not allowed to carry. Now, the Ron sees that this rice is actually being chalik with our Mishnah. How does the Ron say? Because the Ron said, our Mishnah, the assumption was that if you said wool, you for sure mean garment, Unless you're carrying, only when you're carrying do you mean the raw material. The bride says, even by wool, we only say it means wool is if you're wearing it and it's restricting you. But otherwise, it's not clear. Otherwise, maybe it's a suffix. So therefore, whereas our Mishnah learned definitively, anytime a guy says wool, he means garments. Anytime he says flax, he means linen garments. Unless you know that he was carrying, it would mean clothing and not carrying. The bride doesn't say that. The bride says, when does he mean clothing? If he was wearing the clothing, was restricted. So the Ron says that it seems to be a machlokas in the version of Rabbi Yehuda in the Bryce and in the version of Yehuda in our Mishnah. He says Rupanskin like our Mishnah that stam wool means clothing, stam flax means linen, unless the guy you know that was sweating, a gentleman, have to say, a and Hanukkah.